So this episode is sponsored by Inside Tracker and Meg, why don't you run down what Inside Tracker is and what you can get? Yeah, so Inside Tracker was founded in 2009 by leading scientists in aging genetics and biometrics. With a simple blood test and using their patented algorithm, Inside Tracker analyzes your body's data to provide you with a clear picture of what's going on inside and to offer you science-backed recommendations for positive diet and lifestyle changes. And the good news for our listeners is for a limited time, you can get 20% off the entire Inside Tracker store. Just go to insidetracker.com slash drop in. Hi, this is Thomas with Believe in the Run. And this is Megan with Believe in the Run. And this is Brandon with Believe in the Run. What? What is this? What is going on? Where's Robbie? Robbie's on vacation. He's up and out. Robbie is in the San Juan Islands. Uh, I think it's Orca Islands as well. I don't know. He's up there exploring. He's got a big birthday coming up, so he's adventuring with some friends. We're going to miss him, but we can't wait to hear the raccoon tales when he gets back. And, uh, I, I, you know, we were just in San Francisco, May, and there wasn't as much garbage and stuff to find on the street. So I don't know if he's going to have any reports. I have a feeling he's going to come back with plenty of stories. I know he found a snake. Yeah. I, I don't know. When we were in San Francisco, he was talking a lot about how the city was pretty clean. So. Yeah. yeah. I think, it, sadly, he was. <laughs> uh, before we dive into our normal chatter and we're going to, recap sort of our weekend in san francisco um we want to tell you about the under armor all, all out. out mile yeah so from june 1 to june 5th they're celebrating global running day um you can sign up for the ua all out mile anywhere in the world it's free and basically you participate um from june 1 to june 5th you upload your mile to ua map Matt my run and you actually will be ranked on a leaderboard and you can win prizes prizes everybody loves prizes yeah and also i feel like this is a really good time to do a mile like yeah. maybe you're in between training getting ready to see where your fitness is at yeah so brandon loves a mile i do love a mile brandon what, sure. what would you go for right now like if you really wanted to to hit like where do you feel like you would hit a great mile time i think out of shape, if I could just on any day go under 440, that would be great. But yeah. that's like the, the wheels got to be turning on that day. So. I need a bike. <laughs> How about you, Meg? What do you think you'd be happy with? I have no idea. I don't race. I haven't raced a 5K. In fact, I looked it up the other day. My 10-mile PR is a faster pace than my 5K PR currently. What was that pace? Um, the 10-miler? The mm -hmm. A 558? Okay, so I'm get Brandon. You got to know that she could probably go sub five, right? I, I was gonna say I sub. Think no, I I don't know, but I'm gonna say no. Five sub, flat sub five. Yeah, I'll say <laughs> sub five for you. I would be happy just going sub six. Yeah, like I would be thrilled. My fastest mile, and I obviously I didn't run in high school and stuff, so I, I did a, a test, and it, it was it was a couple of years ago, but I ran a five thirty. 
you were there. If I could do that again, I would be so happy. <laughs> yeah. Well, know. so I think we're going to organize a little team here in Baltimore, which will have some additional prizes. Um, so we'll share that information over on social. But if you want to sign up wherever you are, just go to UAAllOutMile.com. You can start your own team. You can join a team. But it should be fun. All right, cool. What else we got going on? I know we have a party coming up. We do. Which is, we also are launching Grit. So Summer Grit's coming back. We're going to have a bonkers party. Thomas, tell them about the theme. All right, well, it's a rock and roll theme. And so it's kind of like making your way through stardom. So you start at basically in the garage and hopefully end up in a stadium. Uh, and it's going to be fun. But the party itself is June 11th, which Grit doesn't start till July 1st. But June 11th, we're throwing an all-out party. We're going to be doing it at Mobtown Brewing. We're closing down the street. We're going to have food trucks. We're going to have beer. We're going to have a live band. Phantasm. Yeah, Phantasm, which is playing like 90s and early 2000s. It's going to be amazing. Cover band uh, music. And all of it is free for the people that RSVP. You're going to get like two beers, which these aren't regular beers. These are Mobtown Brewers. We're going to have two custom Beers that are themed to the party. Uh, we're actually going to do beer cans and everything for it. We're going to have food. If you RSVP, you'll get a bracelet that will entitle you to the two two beers and the free food. And then, I mean, if you want to stay, the beers are amazing there. And you just keep keep the party rolling. But it should be great. Brandon, you're psyched, the, right? Those two beers, by the way, don't worry. They're going to have really high ABV, so it'll be totally <laughs> worth it. I love Brandon. I love he throws in the ABV. That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, so we will be sharing how to RSVP later this week or early next week. So look out for that. If you're not on our email list, join that or we'll post it on social as well. How, how many are we limiting the RSVP to? So it'll be the first 200 people. Yeah, and we expect there to be a lot more than 200 at the party. The uh, brewery uh, and the street closure should uh, be able to hold a ton of people. But the first 200 will get the, the bracelets and stuff like that. So you're going to want to jump on it if you're planning on being here and RSVP. Also, we're going to do, I forgot to mention, we're going to do a three-mile shakeout run. <laughs> and it will be it will be punk rock because there's not really good routes from there to do a three-mile run. So it's going to be dirty. But it'll be fun. Yeah. You'll get, Rob. I'll, I'll probably let Robbie pick out the uh, the actual course so that it's extra raccoon. Nice. You like down through the industrial center and back. <laughs> yeah. I can imagine that for sure. Yeah, I did. I got excited because I did see um, during our workout today, I did see something that Robbie would like. I'll wait till we cover our weekly <laughs> running to get into that. But uh, Meg, you, you uh, had an interesting thing that doesn't typically happen with you. Uh, with your training. So this morning I run into Meg and you look tired and you told me you were bailing on your workout. Yep, I did. What's going on? Um, well, you know, I went back and looked at our calendar <laughs> and I think I, I think I know what happened. I uh, think I'm exhausted. Okay. But I just have to run through this really quick because it's hilarious. So starting at the last weekend of March, we raced the BNA half. The following weekend, we ran Cherry Blossom. The following weekend, we took the boys to Florida for their spring break. And Cherry Blossom was a trip. Like, we stayed, got a hotel. Oh. After Florida, we got back for like a day. Then we flew to Boston. We did all those events. I ran the marathon. 
Then we got back and ran the Frederick half. Which you won. And then um, we came back and flew to California and then randomly signed up for the Beta Breakers. So I think I've done six races in eight weeks. Out of those six, you won four of them. <laughs> right, yeah. The, the, just to note, Meg has like no chill when it comes to racing. So she <laughs> had to go all out on all six of them. Oh, and I forgot to say I flew down to Florida to help my parents move. Uh, move so it wasn't like a too. vacation. No. So I haven't. we haven't really had any downtime. And I think it all just... You know, caught up to me this morning, and I went out there, and I even knew on my warm up, I was like, I feel terrible. I should go back to bed. And I was like, Nah, you you'll just get into it. When the alarm went off this morning, yeah, it was one of those rough alarms. Yeah, like even Ralphie was like, mm. like <laughs> I I just had to swing my legs over the bed to just make sure that I didn't go back to sleep. Yeah, but yeah, so I got out there. I started to do my first rep, and I looked down at my watch, and it said seven thirty, and I was like. I am going all out right now. <laughs> like this is not, this is not happening. It turned out I was looking at the wrong thing, but I just decided to bail on the workout. What were you actually doing? It was like five forty. Right? I was actually running like <laughs> a five something high, but can you imagine running a five something high and then looking at your watch and it's saying seven thirty, and you're like, I I can't go anywhere. I I spent a lot of the run being like, hmm, I wonder if there's something really wrong with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> but I think I'm just tired. You must know that the pace that you're running, though, is like, like internally, you know that that's 5.45.50 pace. No, I'm so tired. I just was like, oh, man, something's wrong. It yeah. just felt hard. Anyway, so I built on my workout. And I got to see her, and I felt tired. But I was like, I'm just going to do it by effort. I don't care because my coach is like, just run by effort. That's all you need to do. And makes my coach. Um, and... Uh, I was out there and I felt like I was running slower than my splits were. And I was surprised when I got home. I was like, wow, I'm glad I didn't. Cause like it was, I was half tempted. Megan was like, I'm tired. I'm like, I've been doing the same stuff as Megan. I'm like, maybe I'm tired. Maybe I should just bail on this workout. But I was like, nah, I'll just do it. I'll feel better if I do it. And I'm, I was real happy. I, I finished it cause the splits were better, much better than I expected. Yeah. You crushed it. Yeah. What about you, Brandon? You like to work out at nighttime. Well, in the afternoon, uh, not like 9 p.m. at night like Robbie does. But uh, yeah, training's been going well. Uh, definitely have to get a little bit more consistent these days. So we're, we're trying to work on that. But uh, I think I've been resting on my laurels a little bit with a little bit of that uh, 5K and marathon training. And now I sort of need a new block. So uh trying to get back into all that and hopefully get a good showing at the 10 miler. That would be awesome. The 10 miler that he's talking about is a Baltimore 10 miler, which should be pretty sick and talk about our schedule, not slowing down at all. Like we're going right back into trip to New York soon, Boston. Are we doing Boston or is it New York on down? I'm not sure. Yeah. I think it's New York on down, but uh, we'll, t we'll tell you more about that soon. But let's talk a little bit about our weekend in San Francisco. Mm. What were we doing out there, Thomas? We were having a lot of fun. Like we went out there for Solomon, did a project with uh, CLA that was a joint uh, release of a new shoe. So we took the whole team, Brandon, Robbie, Megan, myself. We left Robbie out there, <laughs> but um, he'll come back. Eventually he'll yeah. make it. And so we had uh, like a three-part event, uh, like kind of adventure the first uh was the speakeasy event which was pretty sick it was a lot of fun 
Yeah. Brandon, describe a little bit of what was going on. Ooh, at the speakeasy? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you and I did a lot of drinking. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody there did. We, you know, Meg did a lot of drinking too. I did. We all kind of were having fun. Ashley Mateo was there. That yeah. was fun. There was a there was a bunch of media there. Uh, what was crazy was that it was a hard alcohol speakeasy event. So they were doing all these cocktails that were like mixed cocktails. And uh, they were all really good. I think I tried like one of everything. Pretty much. What was the one you liked? It was something lover uh, or something. And I and I I ordered it like ten times, and I forgot the name of it every time I ordered it. And now I like don't secret even remember. lover or something yeah. like that. Anyway, it, all of them had alcohol. Which and the weird thing about that is is we're celebrating the launch of this shoe, but the next morning we're going to have a shakeout run. They really strategically planned that. Like, everyone go out drinking. We're not going to have that much food there, but tons of alcohol, yeah. and then go run the next morning. Yeah, there's some charcuterie, and uh, that was pretty much it for food, right? Uh-huh. Charcuterie little, cones. Little tiny, little tiny, tiny, tiny cupcakes. Yeah, yeah, they really... um they really just spent all the money on the liquor bill, really. There's yeah. just like no budget for food. And the building itself was interesting because it had like secret rooms. There's like rooms hidden behind bookcases. And, and from the outside, it just looks like a weird gray warehouse. So yeah. like you wouldn't know there was like some fancy bar inside. Yeah. And uh, don't worry, you'll see some of this footage. If you didn't see it on our Instagram, you'll see like a longer video that Brandon's putting together to kind of document the whole thing, which was it's going to be pretty sick. So the next, we went out to pizza after Speakeasy. Had so to soak late up that night, liquor. Late night pizza. That was fun. And like walking around San Francisco with, I don't know, there's 10 of us or yeah. something running around. And uh, we got our pizza on, went to bed, woke up, got ready for the shakeout run, which was in a beautiful area of San Francisco uh, near the Presidio. And that was I thought that was like just such a cute little neighborhood. It also happened to be like perfect weather. It was like 50 degrees and sunshine. And yeah, we started the run from a runner's mind Mm -hmm. and then just basically went up through Presidio Park. Yeah, we're with Noah Drotti, Mm -hmm. Ricky Gates. And uh, before the speakies, we didn't mention we interviewed Ricky Gates and you'll get that on this podcast. Uh I'm excited about that. But um, we went through... Like what I love, my favorite thing about San Francisco parks is the smell of the eucalyptus. eucalyptus. I knew you were going to say that. I just love that. I didn't, I didn't know where you were going with that. So. I feel like I'm in a spa. Like you're running through and it's just like, it's so amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it was a really nice park. Um, and then you, you get rewarded at two and a half miles with a beautiful view of the Golden Gate Bridge. That and nice. a nice little fog over that. So that was really, really nice. Yeah, it was it was awesome, and uh, it was just so much fun. And then they're like, "Hey, we'll take the trails back," and I was like, oh, I don't, "I'm wearing road shoes. I don't know if I want to go on trails." But these trails are not like the gross things that we have out here on the east coast. No, it was like packed dirt. It was very runnable. Yeah, it was. It was super. I'd probably just run on that. Yeah, you know. But it was really nice. Sun was beaming through the trees. The alcohol was sweating from my pores. Like I had a layer of sweat. <laughs> I, you did seem to be sweating more than everyone else. Oh my else. god! Yeah, I was greased up. <laughs> I do remember looking at some of the the GoPro footage and yeah. just seeing Thomas just profusely sweating, <laughs> getting his all that alcohol face. out. Yeah, he was just like he was doing a full detox yeah. that day. So <laughs> I got it all out. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was awesome. Runner's mind gave out 
they did a little bit of a giveaway mm-hmm. while we were there, which was cool. Some people want some CLA hats and stuff like that. Really cool store. Good selection. Yeah, we got a couple of the new CLA hats, which Brandon's wearing one right now. It's my favorite, the all white. I love it. Why do you like that? Just simplicity? Yeah. And I'm just, you know, I love the all white shoe. I love the all white hat. They get dirty very easily, but, but I love them. But not the all white shorts and all white no. singlet? No, no, no. All black. Yeah. Always black. Just the accessories are the white. That's what I prefer. Yeah. What did you think of the run, Brandon? Uh, at Runner's Mind? Yeah, you were running around with the camera. Yeah, it was great. Um, just getting to kind of talk to everyone and do my usual thing, just taking photos. Uh, it was just sort of, it, it's interesting because you didn't, you know, you anticipate, because we had run a few days before that, we had run across the Golden Gate and we had done uh, a little bit of running up and down those hills. And I was expecting a lot of the same, just kind of going through the city. Um, but then you just, every now and then in San Francisco, you just, you run into this huge park. Yeah, and there's just like there's just huge parks right in the middle of the city, very inconveniently placed. But um, but you know, and and that was really nice, just getting to run through those neighborhoods and uh, just see like a different part of the the city. We did see a lot of the city. We ran through most of it. Yeah, that running across the Golden Gate Bridge with the team was one of my favorite. That was a lot of fun. Like things that we've done. So then after after our run with the the group. Um, we pretty much had a little bit of downtime. Yeah. And then we get, we got ready. Well, so we originally were planning to leave early Sunday morning and then found out that beta breakers was happening Sunday morning. And one, I wasn't even sure we were going to be able to get to the airport because we were inside of the course where our hotel was located. And then we were like, well, why wouldn't we just run it? So a couple days before we signed up for beta breakers, moved our flight to later in the afternoon and um, totally worth it. Yeah. Even though we got home at 2 a.m. Yeah. It was was totally worth it. I was, I I think I I didn't go to bed till like 3, 3 3.30. Yeah. So that was pretty rough. So that morning we got up, Brandon came, Robbie's already gone. He's left for the Pacific Northwest. I think he would have loved this race. He would have. It's just, it's, it's zany. It's crazy. It's everyone's dressed up at this. Like it's such a different vibe on this start line than your typical start line, especially when you're like towards the front. Yeah. You normally have like all these elites. You have all this like nervous energy. This was like dancing wild west. Yeah. And the centipedes. <laughs> yeah. The coolest thing about this race is that there's a whole uh, what they call like a centipede category where it's at least 13. I think it is 13. But you can have more. No, it's 13. Oh, it's only 13. Yeah. Okay. 13. That's why they had the spare people run alongside. Got it. In case somebody had to pop off. But it's 13 runners bungee corded together. And our buddy, Scotty Boss, who works for Deckers, actually runs with the Hoka Aggies team. And they they ended up winning it. Do you know what the time was? I I don't know. No. It was super fast. They were just moving. Like, I was sort of going out kind of hot off the gate in that first mile. <laughs> and I think I saw like, kind of like look to my right and Scotty boss kind of like looked to his left and we were kind of like made some awkward eye contact for a second. But the, the Hoka Aggies team and just a few of those other centipede teams, it's really impressive because they, they go like five minutes out the gate bungee cord together. So yeah. it is really interesting to see how fast and how competitive and just how dense uh, of a field San Francisco has. And for those of you who don't know why it's called Beta Breakers, it starts on 
one side of San Francisco that's on the bay and you run to the other side of San Francisco on the water, which is the Pacific Ocean, obviously. Um, so it, I thought the course was challenging, but it was like a beautiful course. So, so they kind of throw in a, a very large hill around the two and a half mile mark to say the very least. But what, what's good about the course is it's actually, it's, it's hilly, but every uphill you get rewarded with a downhill. So, you know, for every, every hard work, you get a little bit of recovery. Like you're underselling that hill. That hill is insane. That's in any race I've ever run. That's probably the toughest hill. And I'm talking about some of the trail runs I've done. Yeah. I don't think I've run a tougher or bigger hill like in a race before. All right. Meg's got some information. The Hoka team didn't win. The Peninsula Distance Club won with a 39-12, which is a 5-15-minute mile. <laughs> they, but 13 oh people tied God. together. And that's on like a really tough course. So yeah. so if you wanted to even convert that, it's like... Wait, this is amazing. Okay, so the, the two top centipede teams, so that's 13 people mm-hmm. bungeed together, were four seconds apart. Oh, wow. So Hoka was four seconds behind them. Wow. Were those the Lumberjacks? I don't know. Okay. There's the what the one team was dressed up as lumberjacks. There's another one that was a thousand one Dalmatian. So everybody that was on that team They that, seemed like a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a all female and they were booking it and they were all dressed like uh Dalmatians and the one person in the lead was Cruella Deville. So that was pretty cool. But it I mean, it was a when you say that hill was tough. Meg, how long is that hill? Was it like it was almost like a mile. I mean when you look on the map, it I'm not sure it was a mile. It didn't, it didn't feel, feel like, like a mile. mile. But maybe like half of a mile. But what was crazy about it is like you would go up and then you'd have like a little reprieve and then you'd go up and then you'd have a little reprieve. Well, I think that's where the roads were going through, right? Like where they cut through. So you had about the width of a double lane road where it would flatten out and then you'd continue the climb. Yeah. And it was it 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 was something. But we you knew once you got to the top of that, you were done with the big hill. Done with the big hill. There were still some other There's like, some rollers, rollers, yeah. But overall, and then you kind of finish. Like I kept waiting for like to get punched one more time mm-hmm. before the finish, and then it kind of like the finish did kind of like roll into uh, the finish line. And when you see that ocean, you're like, yes. I'm not gonna lie, I was a little underwhelmed with the spectators. Like I think I had, especially coming off of Boston, like just expecting crazy crowds out there from what we've heard, and. Because I think, especially since you end in a park, there's just not a lot of space for people to be and, and to get there. I mean, there were some dancing unicorns and stuff. That was good at mile but, six. Yeah, I agree with you. The, the crowd support wasn't exactly what I was expecting. But I also think it's kind of like two races. Like, we're not the entertaining part of the race. Right. We were in the We were in front. the front. And as a matter of fact, like, I think we missed, like, if we wanted to see the crazy costumes and the naked runners and stuff like that we would have either needed to slow down and hang out. But at like we finished at a pretty, pretty rapid pace. And then the best part was as soon as we finished, I was like, I don't know. I looked at Brandon and we were planning on running back along the course, back to our hotel. And I could see in Brandon's face that he was with me when I said, Hey, maybe we should take the bus or get a cab back. Yeah. I mean, it's okay. I'm glad we did it in the end. I'm glad we did the run. I think, we ended up avoiding, like, I was worried that all those downhills we were going to have to run back up, and it wasn't that bad. There were some climbs, but yeah. 
it's it's a hilly city though. Yeah. I mean, it's it's much hillier than any other city that I've run in so far. So, for sure. But but now we can all say that we did beta breakers and Man, breakers, breakers today. today. Not now, they, many people. That should be uh-huh. the race right there. Yeah. But um yeah, it, and we got back, we ran all the way, and pretty much had to shower real quick, grab our stuff, and head to the airport. Yeah, it was a four day trip. Which is pretty short across the country. Yeah. It felt like a five-day trip. It felt like a month. Yeah. <laughs> we packed in so much. It was. We were so tired. Yeah. By the time we had gotten to the airport, I think just... We were I think also we're beat. still tired. I'm still tired. Yeah. I, I'm still recovering. So Yeah. So in front of us, we should probably jump in yeah. and talk about this year. And in true Robbie fashion... He uh, forgot to pack his, so Brandon <laughs> brought his back. Yeah. These I'm are his like, shoes. Thanks, Robbie. Robbie left, like, okay, when Robbie left the hotel, he left, like, six different things. And I was just like, great, now this became my problem. So <laughs> I was, like, texting him, and I was like, dude, you know you left, like, your, like, laptop charger here and your shoes. And he's like, oh, yeah, like, uh, I guess if you want to just bring those back for me, you know, I'm just like, yeah, like, sure, dude, like, I'll do that. Meanwhile, Brandon had the tiniest bag of all three of us. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like this tiny bag. But yeah, so those of you not watching, we're talking about the Solomon Phantasm, specifically the um, CLA collab version. So it's that, uh, what are we calling this? Like cheetah? I'd say it's like a leopard, leopard. slash cheetah print, psychedelic. It's kind of like... Not a true black with kind of like an orange fluorescent underneath of the like swipe. Um, kind of has, it's like a white and black kind of upper. So so there's this one and then there's also the Pulsar Trail Pro, which we don't have here right now. But um, those were sort of the two shoes that Solomon CLA did a collab on. Uh, and the only two shoes I brought on my trip. So. Oh, I forgot to mention that when we were talking about the beta breakers. Yeah. Megan and I brought a pair of alphas. You know, race day shoes. Brandon had to choose between this, which would have been fine, or the trail version. Right. And why did you choose the trail version? So I actually, I actually chose the trail version because the lugs on the bottom weren't that aggressive, so I could still run on the roads in them. But um, it really just came down to like that lockdown in the upper. Uh, I think that Solomon were like super sensitive about how a lockdown on the trails are going to feel like at all times. So. The upper was just really, really nice around like the ankle, really around more. the ankle and the heel collar more specifically is where it dialed in better. So I, I went with those. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, the foam is really nice on it. This version doesn't have the carbon infused plate. This one has just a regular TPU plate into the foam and the foam is really nice. I like the foam a lot. The upper on the shoe i think we all had a little bit of an issue with a little bit of heel lift um you know i know that robbie was like yeah i wish there was one more eyelet or one more um you know piece down it did any of you guys try doing the lockdown lacing i did not well i mean there there was no other there wasn't the runner's loop, so you could. Well, yeah, you could. This is the you could do the runner's loop on that one. That, I mean, that one's meant oh, to be. Oh, well, then yeah, then yeah, I was already doing it. Okay. No, so, I mean, like you know, like you do. Never mind. I'll show you after the after the after the review. But um, yeah. It, so, so this foam is is the energy surge. Yeah, energy surge foam. It's uh, really nice and bouncy. 
yeah, I, I thought it felt pretty good underfoot. Yeah. And, and it, I also like the, um, just the, the rocker, the rocker. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of rubber coverage on the toe. So yeah, it's I think pretty, it's a durable, durable. shoe. Yeah. It's, it's an up-tempo daily trainer. Um, I wouldn't want to like sprint around and race beta breakers in it again, but, uh, just if you wanted to go out for your normal, like five, six, seven, easy, easy miles. Uh, even if you wanted to like throw in a little bit of tempo work in there, you definitely could. Yeah. I, I feel like it's a step in the right direction for Solomon with her running shoes in the past. I felt like they took their trail shoe mm-hmm. and put lugs on it where I feel like this one was designed you know, for running, even though the Pulsar Trail is very similar to it, I feel like it's tweaked enough that this one feels like a road shoe and that one feels like a trail shoe that yeah. you would run beta breakers in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would exactly. agree. I think it's it's going in the right direction. Like we said, we're a little, the upper is not perfect, but, you know, it's a good shoe. All right, so that pretty much wraps up the Phantasm. You can check it out. We've got lots of pictures on the gram if you want to take take a look if you're listening to this and you want to look later and we'll also as thomas mentioned a little earlier um be we'll be sharing a full sort of recap video of the weekend and everything we just talked about so get excited for that yeah i'm sure there'll be some pictures of the phantasm in there as well yeah definitely all right one of the cool things that we got to do while we were out in san francisco was actually meet ricky gates um if you're not familiar with him you should check out his youtube channel he's got a couple videos of him doing a self-supported run across the United States. He ran every street in San Francisco, which I kind of got before we went to San Francisco. In my mind, I was like, okay, I, I live in a city. I understand. But San Francisco is massive. And like I grew up out there, and the, the extra sprawl of the city, since like maybe I didn't explore it as a kid, I stayed downtown or whatever, it's a massive city. And like, you know, Brandon just said, it's extremely hilly. And this, like running every street there, doesn't sound like that insane. It is. It is. <laughs> it, it, oh, it's it's super impressive. Yeah. And uh, Ricky couldn't be a, a nicer guy. I actually ran into him on the uh, Beta Breakers course as well. So that was kind of cool. And uh, got got to do a little... Uh, like running interview with him while we're out there, which was basically me going, Hey, how's everything going? He told me how everything was going. And then I asked him again, so how's everything going? <laughs> but that's the, uh, the runner's mind while you're, you're racing. Like I couldn't, you know, think straight, not all functioning. Yeah. Plus there's a guy running by with speedos on. That was a Pokemon catcher. What's the Pokemon catcher's name? Ash. Yeah. He was Ash, yeah. but Ash with the speedo on. Did mm. you get passed by anyone on the course that you're like, man, like a banana. I mean, all the Dalmatians passed me. Okay. Oh, okay. So there was, okay. So I was on the course and there was a banana behind me and on every single, <laughs> and it, was, it was the first banana. First of all, it was the first banana. Did they get awards? The first banana? I, I have no idea, but I just remember for all of basically every single crowd, it was like, it was like, you know, cause I was just running in like a normal, like tracksmith singlet. So I was like lame and boring yeah. and I was like, they would like look at me and be like, oh, hey, like, hey great, good, good, yeah, woo. And then like 10, 10 meters behind me would be like, they'd be like, first banana, <laughs> like freaking out. And like they're like trying to like 
hype up this banana as much as they can and i'm just like oh man i'm gonna get passed by a banana any minute <laughs> was that why you were were you conscious of that and been like i'm not getting passed yeah i was just like holding out for dear life i think that's the first thing i said to meg i was just like i'm not like i think i said it at the end to her and i was like there was this banana behind me and i just like i couldn't lose to the banana meanwhile so. i was worried about waldo coming in hot at the See? finish line mm. yeah you, you <laughs> I, think waldo, neck neck. I think waldo actually <laughs> might have beat you and here's why. Oh, I think that you probably started in front of Waldo. Mm. That's chip yeah, time. That's true. I probably <laughs> did start in front of Waldo. Yeah, yeah. and and that I, I know pride wise, you did amazing because you were like, I'm not getting beat by Waldo, and we watched that. We watched the video over and over to see like how close. I can't believe you guys actually looked at that video. Oh, wait, are you kidding? Especially because there's like two finish lines, and so we were going by the first one, which like it's real close. Yeah. That's fair. And then um, I, it's funny that you say that though, because I was running kind of like casual. I wasn't like racing, racing it. I was just trying to have fun. I had the GoPro out there. I was filming stuff, but there was a certain point where, you know, I passed Ricky and Ricky was doing an easy run. Like he was not racing. I don't even think he was registered. He was just enjoying the course. He's running with a guy carrying uh, like a heavy, like normally Brandon's running with a camera. Ricky's guy had like a pretty decent sized lens <laughs> yeah. on that sucker like and like a up. rig. Yeah. The whole thing. And I was like, wow. So they, they weren't trying to run fast, but I passed Ricky and in my heart, I was like, I don't, not that I wanted to beat Ricky, but I didn't want to almost like disappoint him and let him catch back up to me. So like, <laughs> I was like, I, if, and I kept thinking I was hearing people yell out Ricky Gates. <laughs> You're like, he's coming. Yeah. But I don't think I don't think they were. I think that was in my imagination. But that one, I loved like the Ash running by Ash, be, uh, like passed me, and I don't know what happened. About a mile out, he was he like pulled over to the side, and like the, I think it's one thing if you get like normally you, you had struggle in a race, but when you're wearing a speedo, <laughs> and yeah, you have to pull over Pikachu on your butt. Yeah, it, it, it's actually what it was. It was a I Pikachu That's speedo. More devastating. Yeah, I'm like, like it was a yellow speedo. Yeah, you know, you saw the guy. I saw oh, the video. Wait, you saw the video. Yeah, I tried to get an interview with him, and I, and I thought I had it all, like I got his name and everything, but somehow when I went back to look at the GoPro, it's like gone. it's missing. And it, he was the nicest guy. Like I just ran up. First, I got a close up of his butt, and <laughs> then uh, ran up next to him. Was like, hey, what's your name? What are you doing? And he was a very nice guy. Well, you you like you saw his butt, or you put the camera close I, up to I, his butt. I put yeah, <laughs> but, um, I put the camera like I when I started, I was like, oh, I'm gonna film this guy because this is funny. Um, his butt, and so I put the camera near his butt, and then I don't know. You tell me what footage we ended up getting because then I swung around and and ran next to him, and I was like, hey, this is great because someone called him Mario, and I go, I know you're not Mario. And he goes, no, I go, you're the Pokemon guy, right? And he goes, yeah. And so we're talking for a little bit. I go, what's your name? And everything like that. I was all excited. I had this great interview mid-race with this guy. And then he took off and, and like went fast. And um, I was like, oh, cool. That was a fun mid-race interview with somebody who's actually running beta breakers. Wait, and I was all excited about it. I got back, looked at the GoPro footage, and there's like a fraction of like the conversation 
Yeah, it turns out Thomas turned off the GoPro halfway through the interview. I don't think I did. I think I went out there with low battery, and I think for some reason the GoPro does a thing when it's trying to conserve battery where it will only shoot for like 10 seconds at a time or something. That could be it. I don't know. That's my theory I'm going to go with. All right, so you kind of already introed Ricky. Is there anything else you want to say about him before we start this interview? No, it was also, I have to say, do you remember the name of the hotel we got to interview him in? Nope. All right. Well, the Marriott, the dude got nuts. We're, there's nobody in the lobby. We're setting up to interview him. And the Marriott guy's like, did you guys get a permit to reserve this area? Reserve this to, and we're looking around there like nobody is here. Yeah, it was a, it was a very busy lobby, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's like, well, you got, so like we normally do, we find a way. And we talked to uh, Mike, who is actually Mike, Mike Ambrose, who's on the Solomon team, who designed the Phantasm and the uh, Pulsar. We're like, he's like, my hotel's cool, and they'll probably let us do it. So and it was actually much better. It was much it better was. environment. There, there was, was a, a fireplace. fireplace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it worked Robbie, out. Poor Robbie, Robbie. <laughs> sweating balls, hanging up, having to sit next to the fireplace. I give him like kudos to Robbie for taking that seat because he neck. literally had the hot seat. But yeah, so this was a fun interview. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did with Ricky. I will always be a fan of Ricky after this interview. He's just a nice, humble, sweet guy. And uh, I mean, you'll hear. First check-in. How you doing? I'm going to introduce you to something called focus today, but it's not your normal focus. Because like when someone says, hey, focus, do you even know what that means? Like, are you just like, oh, I concentrate on what I'm doing? No, but there's different types of focus. So right now you're focusing maybe on my voice. But when you think about it, you can think about external focus, what's around you, the noises, the cars, the traffic, everything that's going on. Or you could do internal focus how hard your heart is beating, how hard you're breathing, how your feet are hitting the ground, all that kind of stuff. So let's right now just focus on your breath and running and enjoy this run. So, Robbie, pretty yeah. excited here. We are live. We're not live, but we're live. <laughs> yeah. Ricky, you're alive. We're alive. I'm alive. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting in, what, what's the name of this place, Mike? Cartwright Hotel we in should, San Francisco. We should give them a shout out because last minute change, we yeah. had to come here and they graciously allowed us to should, record here. Should I talk a little crap about the Marriott? <laughs> well, you just did. <laughs> I Done. did. Marriott right. Bonvoy kicked I us out of their lobby about, that was uh, empty. I think we should talk about this guy who's between us. Ricky? Ricky. Ricky, so we're in San Francisco. We are in San Francisco. Do you think anybody knows San Francisco better than you do? I guarantee there are a few people that know it better than I do. <laughs> One guy, Toby Silver, um, and I can talk about him in a second, but right. I do know the city pretty well. Um, lived here for six years and uh, did a little project here that I call Every Single Street, in which I ran every single street in the entire city. And uh, though it's a little bit fuzzy, I definitely ran past this hotel. That's, That's amazing. That is crazy. I mean, I was telling Robbie today, we went for a run in the city and I was like, 
I understand what you did. I'm sure if I looked at it on a Strava map, and maybe when we put this on, because we do this on YouTube and it goes out on an audio podcast, but on the YouTube, we should throw up a map of what it is that you actually did. I can, I can comprehend it, but being in the city <laughs> and we just ran a couple of things, I'm like, I don't understand how you navigate. How did you figure out how to map out the city for this run? It was, uh, I mean, I, I am definitely much more of an analog uh, type person. Um, and so it was for me every single day, uh, pulling out, uh, printing out uh, a map of what I thought I could accomplish in the de- in that day. And then uh, I have a four color Bic pen uh, and went about it and just kind of marked off the streets as I went along with uh, the color blue. Um, I circled streets that I may have missed with the color red. Um, and then, you know, the other two colors uh, had their own uh, meanings in there. But uh, yeah, it, it, it was a complicated project that was equally physically as challenging as it was mentally. Okay. And I'll just say for myself, I, I saw Robbie's face light up a little bit. That four color big pen, you know, he's talking oh, about. Yeah. We're, those were like my favorite. <laughs> yeah. Four, four but was there any time where you were running the city that you like you obviously went back and marked one with red that you missed or something like that. Was there ones that popped out that weren't on a map that you kind of had to just figure out on your own? San Francisco is super well established. Um, so I haven't had that problem. I didn't have that problem here. Um, you know, you can zoom in like every alleyway in the city is, uh, has a name. Um, everything, if it's a private street, it's, it's pretty well known. Um, I'm doing the same project now in the town where I now live, which is Santa Fe, New Mexico. Oh, wow. And that's a different story. Um, that, that sounds easier though. Like Santa Fe, like San Francisco, this is a, like a massive grid. The Santa Fe is, uh, on a, um, logistical levels, I find Santa Fe more challenging, um, because it's not on a grid. Um, and so it's, it's a bit more complicated in terms of figuring out the, the maze of, of completing that project. So, Uh, oh, sorry. So when you did San Francisco, first off, how many miles is it to run every street in San Francisco? And did you, do you have any idea of the elevation? Because there's a lot of hills here. <laughs> yeah. So the, the number of miles of street in San Francisco is about 1,100. Okay. It took me thir- over 1,300 to complete the project. Oh, wow. Um, that's the nature of inefficiency when, <laughs> when doing something like that. Yeah. Um, and elevation gain uh, was 150,000 feet of climbing. Whoa. Uh, that's nine- five Mount Everest, by the way. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> we so did that- 400 today. <laughs> Yeah. And was like, woof. Totally. <laughs> yeah. There were some brutal days in there. Like, uh, yeah. Where you're just literally going up and down and up and down all day long, you know, 10,000 10, feet in a day. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was, I was definitely fit by the end of it. <laughs> have you mapped out? Like if you looked at the United States and said, here's how far I would have gotten if I, cause it's only 3000 miles across the United States. Mm. Could you figure out how far you would have gotten across the, uh, I, the States? I figured that out before I did my project. So part of the reason that I did this project is, uh, before running, uh, all the streets here, I had run in across the country. I'd started in, uh, South Carolina and, uh, over five months did a 3,700 mile trip, uh, to, uh, ocean beach here in San Francisco. Wow. And when I was thinking of a new project to come up to do after that, um, the run across the country was pretty rural. Um, I was seeing a lot of farmland, a lot of small towns. Uh, I wasn't avoiding cities. I was definitely checking them out, but 
even going through Memphis, Tennessee, um, it, it takes you a half day and, and you don't really get that much of a sense of a place when you're only in it for a half a day. So Mm -hmm. I wanted, uh, uh, an urban project, uh, that was equally as challenging. And, uh, I Googled how many, uh, miles of street there are here in San Francisco. And I saw that it was, uh, 1100 miles. And I knew that that was the same distance from approximately Denver to ocean beach. And, and I know how long that takes. And, uh, so yeah, for that, that part, I, I had a good idea of, of what I was getting myself into. I feel like most people can't say, I know how to frame an 1100 mile run. <laughs> and you're probably one of the few people on earth who, who can say that. But the other thing, Robbie, I think we discussed this. You did uh, run across the United States. Like there's different ways people do it. People do it with an RV or they do it, mm-hmm. you know, with support and a van or something like that. How did, how did you cross the country? Uh, for me, it was really important to take on that project in a way that I felt good about convincing or trying to convince other people or like a younger version of myself when I was waiting tables and bussing tables. Like I want it to be something that is attainable for the the common person. So I took it on as a solo project, self-supported, um, gave myself five months time, but also a budget of only $5,000. And I had Holy everything crap. in my backpack, uh, front mm. and back. And so no, not even like a stroller in front. I had a stroller when I went across the desert. Um, so a friend of mine saw that I was, I had initially purchased a, uh, a little golf cart caddy oh, and yeah. put uh, my extra water in a bucket uh, and pushed that for about 150 miles across the desert. And my <laughs> friend said, that's not sustainable. He found a, a little baby jogger at a yard sale in Ohio and sent it to Hanksville, Utah. And I picked it up, general <laughs> delivery there and, and pushed that from Hanksville all the way to, to Reno, Nevada where I left it for uh, my backpack and then got the baby jogger back four uh, four years later. And I have a six-month-old daughter now, which is uh, a much more pleasant uh, creature to push around than a a Lowe's bucket full of water. Is it the same baby jogger? It's the same baby jogger, yeah. My wife made me power wash it. It was pretty disgusting. (laughs) Um, You're like, no, that's dirt. That's memory memory dirt. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I think... You know, a lot of people can do a physical challenge. The thing that I think about maybe self-supported running across the country or even the every uh, street in San Francisco, like mentally, what was the thing that maybe surprised you or what did you come away with after doing these things? Like when you're in the middle of the desert in the United States and you know that your mission is to get all the way across, like what happens to your brain? Yeah. So, I mean, the two projects were so different uh, in almost opposites. Um, Going across the country, it was very much an internal, especially when I was towards the end of the trip, when I'm going through the desert, um, it was very much an internal battle. Um, By that point, I'd lost 25 pounds. I know I don't look like a big guy right now, but I was like 20 plus pounds less than I am right now. Um, and, and so, and, and just, I felt like I had already completed most of the goals that I had for myself for that run. 
Um, and so it was very much an internal sort of thing. Here in San Francisco, um, you know, it's it's such like this is the human hive. This is the the center of humanity. And, and I'm not saying just San Francisco, but cities in general. Um, you know, we are social beings and we come together in these massive populations. Um, this is where things happen. And so you see a lot of positive things. You see, you know, the potential of, of human beings coming together. But you also see a lot of negative stuff as well. And, and that's drug use and homelessness and a lot of stuff like that. So for me, a lot of it about running the streets here in San Francisco is simply bearing witness to, to what it means to be a human being on so many levels. So it sounds like this was a little more external, like almost entertaining, like you can take in your surroundings, but maybe the trek across the United States was more internal. Yeah, that, that felt accurate. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah I, in your uh, documentary on YouTube um, about running every street in San Francisco, you know, one thing that stood out to me was that you mentioned how cities are, you know, when you, most people live in cities throughout the world. I mean, the greater population of the earth lives in cities, um, but that cities also are a challenge. There's a lot of things happening and moving and whereas, and, and but it's also like more interesting in that way because there's, there's things to solve, um, things happening. And that stood out to me as someone who grew up in the country, but now lives in Baltimore city where it's like, there is an appeal of just like isolating yourself from the problems and the people and everything else. But there's also something beautiful about living in a city where it's all that's there. And sure it has challenges like you mentioned, but it's also a place where you can see a lot of beauty and things like that. And I, I didn't know, like, it sounds like on your run in San Francisco, you saw a lot of that. Yeah, I think that, uh, and certainly as trail runners, you know, we have this notion that um, environment or wilderness begins at a trailhead. Mm -hmm. And so we need to get from wherever we are, our house or the city to the trailhead to begin to experience uh, this, this thing that we love so much. And in doing my project of running every street in San Francisco, um, in taking that project, uh, I took it to Mexico City for uh, a 300 mile run there, and now I'm doing it in Santa Fe, New Mexico, um, is to recognize that the environment that we live in is equally as important, uh, if not more important, really, of mm-hmm. an environment as going to the trailhead uh, to, to kind of release, yeah. um, to recognize that the, the environment right outside our front door is, is actually way more a part of who we are uh, than, than uh, the natural landscape uh, that where, where we're really just kind of tourists out there. I mean, I'll say when I go for runs with Robbie in the city, I usually <laughs> stick to like kind of the more beaten paths. Robbie likes to go a little bit off course. <laughs> it feels like a trail run in a city yeah. sometimes. So I agree with you that it's not always about, you know, waiting to get to that, that trailhead and seeing the pine trees and the, and the packed dirt yeah. to, to get out there. But you know, you seem to challenge yourself to things that are not, it's not like a, they, they're not audacious, like, like I'm going to do a stunt. It's more like I'm interested and curious about what it's going to take to do this. How is it that you plan to take on a challenge? Like right now you're like, okay, Santa Fe, I did San Francisco. I'm interested in repeating kind of that thing. But is there a process that you go through that, or is it just like, hey, that sounds like fun? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely more than fun. Um, I mean, 
<laughs> and oftentimes it's not fun at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but it's like how, you know, I, I've been doing this sport. I've been engaged in this sport uh, since I was 15 years old. I'm, I'm going to turn 41 next week. So we're coming up on 26 years doing the same sport over I and over. I turn 40 next week. All right. Cool. <laughs> we're kind of the same with the brothers. Fellow, fellow, tor- fellow Taurus. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, and so... You know, the the sport initially started off as a way for me to meet people on the cross-country team. I started going to a new school. I wanted to make some friends, and so I joined the cross-country team to make some friends. Um, and then after that, I realized, like, I had potential with it, and so it was more competition. Um, and then as I got better and better, it was a way for me to you know, feel really good about myself and to see the world. I was getting, you know, with this wonderful opportunity with Solomon and then also with a lot of these amazing races that have popped up uh, over the past 15, 20 years, the opportunity to go to the Canary Islands or places in Europe or South America and see places. Um, And, you know, I keep checking different boxes and the sport keeps growing and I keep learning more about the world and about myself Um, But for me, what's most important is that it it never remains stagnant for me. Um, And so then I came up with this idea to run across the country very much in the way that I wanted to do it, and then to run every street in San Francisco. And then now I'm thinking of different projects um, that keep the sport interesting to me and keep allowing me to understand uh, my my fellow human beings and the way we engage with the world. Along those lines, I was kind of wanted to ask you, what's, I guess, how have you changed the most from maybe before you did the Trans-American, the Running Every Street in San Francisco, some of these bigger projects? How do you feel like you've changed through those experiences? I think uh, my outlook on how human beings uh, engage with environment is how I've changed the most. Um, yeah, yeah let's see if I can break that down a little bit. So, like, um, I mean, when when it comes to running across the country, um, that project came at a time during, uh, and unfortunately we're not out of it, um, a deep political and social divide in this country. Um, and I wanted to, you know, look at that very closely and put myself in that situation and, and see really what that was all about. And the end result is that I... I think that, you know, it's it's actually um, the divide is certainly appears to be there, but it doesn't need to be there. Yeah. Um, and then likewise here in San Francisco, like how we interact with the environment, like you can live here your entire life and actually only see a few parts of the city. I, I wasn't here for my entire life. I was here for six years by the time I took on that project. Mm-hmm. But it became very clear to me within the first week of the project how little I knew of the city just based on the normal routine that I have. Right. Um, getting from point A to point B and like visiting the, the specific places that appealed to me. And so kind of disrupting that. Um, and so then moving forward... Um, you know, now that I'm taking on this project in Santa Fe, New Mexico, I just know that it's a way for me, I can move to a place and know that uh, my propensity and the natural human propensity is to uh, come up with your routine and 
get comfortable with it and then to kind of <laughs> stick to it. Yep. And for sure. so for me, it's important to always be kind of disrupting that a little bit in order to not be complacent uh, with, with, with that routine. Second check-in. Let's go back to those two different kinds of focus, external and internal. Where are you right now? Are you thinking about the beautiful environment you're in? Or are you thinking about, is it tough to run? Are you having a good run? Easy, like internal stuff. So maybe try switching it up. If you are thinking about how hard it is to move your feet and your legs and keep the speed, maybe Think about stuff outside of you, like the horizon line, or how blue the sky is, or if it's raining, how the rain feels, or the clouds. So whichever one you're focused on right now, switch it up and check in with the other type of focus. I think something I like about what you're doing is, I think it's very easy in this sport to get competitive. Mm -hmm. And it's very easy to, uh, you know, people want to race. They want to prove themselves against other runners. They want to do these things where I feel like this is more of an internal, uh, motivation for you mm-hmm. and a self exploration, not so much a competitive. Am I reading that right? Or I think you are reading it right. And, uh, I'm not going to claim that I'm not competitive. I'm <laughs> definitely competitive. Like, you know, if, uh, if someone had have already done uh, the every single street project in San Francisco, would I have done taken it faster? It? <laughs> yeah, would I have done it, or would I have wanted to do it faster? Or and and the reality is, is that it had been done before, and it took a gentleman seven years to do it. Oh wow! I didn't and know that. Uh, oh, for seven me, years. And for me, like I, I mean, I, I did want to get it done quickly. I was, it wasn't about uh, setting a record, but I did want to experience it. Um, you much like um, people experience the, the Appalachian Trail when you're going hard mm. on it. And, and I wanted that to find the intersection between those two. How long did it take you again? Because I don't think we said it that. It took 45 days, I believe. Oh, wow. That's a and lot shorter than seven years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you beat short. it. And, it is, and that oh, was no. about 30 miles a day for about 45 days straight. Okay. Yeah, I'm not yeah. good at math, but that one seems <laughs> pretty easy to figure yeah. out. Yeah. How many miles a day did you average uh, when you did the Trans American? And that was more a little bit less, more like a marathon a day. Okay. Yeah. And gotcha. that that includes some days off in there. I was a little bit more casual in there. And, yeah. And uh, yeah. I think one of the cool things that I noticed since you did the Every Street Run, uh, and like you said, some people have done things like that before, but I feel like especially with Strava now and everything else that it was like elevated to a lot higher level where it was entered people's consciousness as like a thing to do in their own cities. And I know even since then there's a a guy in Baltimore city who during the pandemic ran every street in Baltimore. And then he eventually spread out to every street within the beltway of Baltimore. So it was, which is crazy. Like living there. I mean, first off Baltimore, not safe city ever. Uh, And so he, he did a lot of it early morning runs, like trying to not be in certain areas at certain times, but yeah, it just blew my mind in the same way running San Francisco. And I think that's awesome that people have kind of like 
entered their mind to do this kind of thing. So have you seen that or heard from people who are attempting things like that? Yeah, it's literally the only hashtag. So when I started the project, I <laughs> like I have an, uh, a way of naming things. Like I, I look online, like is the website taken? Uh -huh. um, is the, uh, like Smart. How, mu yeah. Yeah, how much uh, content is already there with the hashtag? Mm -hmm. And with this one, I think there was four posts uh, with every single street attached to it. Um, and, nice. and now there's 15,000. Whoa, um, that's, that's and cool. For me, it's a way, like I, I was hoping that it would catch on and I'm just blown away that it has caught on as much as it has around the world. Um, I mean, Munich, uh, parts of London, um, parts of Japan. Um, there's a couple people in Africa doing it, wow. uh, Dubai. Um, and for me to look at this hashtag on Instagram is, is also a way for me to experience these places in a way that's not the normal, like when you look at pictures of Paris, you're going to see the Eiffel Tower, right. you're going to see the Louvre, you're going to see a few things. Um, when you look at the, that cross section of every single street in Paris, like you see like what a normal street looks like and what normal people are doing the and, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And it, and so for me, it's, it's a really interesting way to get to, to know a place. Um, and then on top of that, like um, I, I wasn't a fan of there being this global pandemic over the past couple of years, <laughs> right. but you know, so many of us lost the ability to travel for quite a while, mm -hmm. um, but still wanted to explore. explore and have an adventure. And I think a lot of people saw this project as a way to be able to do that and to yeah. uh, have an adventure out their front door. Yeah. It was like perfect time, perfect timing. You know, yeah. Yeah, obviously you didn't, was unfortunate what happened, but like, to have that people will see that and have that as a goal. Yeah. It's really yeah, but th cool. This is a good transition to maybe talk about health. Yep. And when you put your body through what you did, like crossing the United States or running 1300 miles in San Francisco, it sounds feasible, mm -hmm. but we all know that sometimes you wake up leg isn't feeling the same. Maybe a knee is a little twitchy calf muscles that get sore. What was it like for you as far as keeping your body healthy and your diet during that time? Um, I can't say anything good about my diet during my <laughs> run across the country. You didn't um, mention gas station food. Yeah, <laughs> lots of hot dogs and I, yeah, I, I had See, to take I a, love that. Like the totally. guys who used to do the sub fours were like smoking cigarettes and <laughs> yeah, eating pizza. Totally. Yeah, but go ahead. Um, yeah, I had to take a break from hamburgers and French fries after my run across the country for a little while. Um, but there's something beautiful about like when you're doing a project like that, you know, as runners, if we've got something going on with our knee or like an ankle or something like that, our instinct is to stop and like take a few days off. And for me, that just wasn't an option for my run across the country. I mean, I could have stopped, but it's like, it just doesn't feel right. Um, what was an option is to stop and walk for a couple miles or walk for a day. Mm -hmm. And then like amazingly, so many of these injuries that I had, um, and I had quite a few, you know, the little flare ups here and there, um, they just kind of go away. Mm -hmm. And it's, and to me it was um, uh, really interesting to see like how resilient uh, the human body is and how quickly it can heal itself uh, if we allow it to. Did that make you think that like the mental aspect, like you had a mission, your mission was to get across the United States. If you got injured and you don't have a mission, maybe you're just training, you know, regular training and something goes wrong. You go, okay, I need it. And it takes weeks for it to heal or whatever. But when you're like, I'm getting to the other side. Yeah. 
I think there's a lot to be said for that. I also think there's a lot to be said for like runners think that running is the only way to become a faster runner mm -hmm. and there's nothing wrong with walking. Um, and, the, and in like going back to how I named my, uh, the next project, every single street, uh, as such, rather than run every street, which mm -hmm. would be, you know, a lot of people I think would prefer is that I didn't like it to me, like running is a very limiting word. Like running is technically when one, when you are moving forward and both feet are off the ground at the same time, like mm -hmm. that is running. Like if both one foot's touching the ground at all times, that's technically walking, yeah. uh, speed walking. <laughs> yeah. And, and some of those like, guys are faster than me, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, why, why limit ourselves to that? Uh, and, and, and it, and it's also, yeah, I just find that it can be, um, pretty limiting to a broader population. I think a lot of people are intimidated by running because of these barriers that we set up. Um, so if people like take on this project and walk all of uh, their cities, like, or bike all of their cities or wheelchair or skateboard, like whatever it is, like the goal to me is way more that people see and experience a place um, and and explore their, their, their own minds and their, their judgments rather than this act of running. Mm. Other than the hashtag, how do people participate in kind of sharing with you like what they're doing? Um, you know, a lot of people reach out and ask what the rules are. And I'm <laughs> like, I'm, I'm not a huge fan of gatekeepers. And I'm like, there's no rules. Like it's, it's your, it. yeah, you, like whatever you feel, like do your neighborhood, um, do your city, run it, walk it, like a uh, short amount of time, long amount of time, whatever it is. Um, and then... You know, just seeing, like, I'm um, an obsessive photographer. Um, it helps me kind of uh, look at and process a place in a project. Um, and so it's fun to see uh, other people out there that are obsessed with photographing it as I am. And, uh, and so that's uh, oftentimes what I find most interesting. Nice. Um, and then also, like... The project is very data-driven, and so it does appeal uh, a lot to a certain type of mind. Um, yeah. People like people come up. There's like several people have come up with different apps and algorithms in order to con like yeah take on this project in a different way. One thing I wanted to ask you about the data-driven stuff is what programs do people use to map out their runs, make sure they hit like every street as opposed to just, you know, check the check four color. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I feel like there's an electronic way to do that as well. Totally. I, I think the number one uh, program that people are using uh, specifically for this, every single street project. And this came about, uh, bef I think before I started my project. Oh, okay. So unrelated is called city strides. Uh, and it takes your data from whether it's your Garmin, your Sunto, from Strava, whatever app you prefer, uh -huh. and ties it into one solid map layer. Okay, cool. Um, so that's, and, and then again, I, I, I Wait, can so kind of... You're saying that it, I can run my independent streets, doesn't all have to be at once or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It takes that and meshes all my runs together and gives me a map of where I've run. Totally. And you can, you can do it right now. Um, go to city strides and, and you can see what mm. your so uh, normal runs are. Do you just upload okay, a, like, cool. a GPX file, like straight up to the site? It, you connect it to Strava. Oh really? It seems yeah. okay. Cool. Yeah. So it's, it's just a couple uh, buttons and uh, permission. Nice. That would be uh, interesting just for our friends, like to be yep. like, okay, yeah. have we all, 
How totally. much it, have, have we covered? But yeah, 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 that's cool. We'll have to check that out. Yeah. We'll have to so do. That's, yeah, so that's <laughs> one way. And then like I personally enjoy kind of like looking at the maps that I've drawn um, through a different app and, and kind of removing the map itself and then, you know, toggling with this and, and uh, just kind of seeing the designs that are made. I think that's one of the things that are really, it, that's really appealing to people with this project yeah. is, you know, a normal run is like a point to point line or a loop or something like that. But with this, every single street abstract. thing, like you've got a 10 mile run and it's, and it's really, it's abstract and uh -huh. it fits into a, a much smaller thing and it feels it feels like you accomplished something just by looking at this image. Do you think it attracts people who love to do like puzzles and stuff? I feel like if you're locking in these pieces the of street, you're like, <laughs> I have to finish this puzzle. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm certain that it does. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not even like a, much of a puzzle person. Um, and I know that I love looking at this and kind of figuring it out on multiple levels. Yeah, cool. Okay. And, and before we switch over, because we're going to talk about Solomon, who's a uh -huh. sponsor for you. But before we switch over, you have... Um, a wife. Yep. And obviously from cleaning off that uh, carriage that you took across the country, <laughs> yeah. you have a stroller and possibly a child in that stroller. <laughs> yep. Um, so you're spending a lot of time out on the roads and doing projects like this. When, like, how do you manage the personal time and the, the run time? Yeah. So the, uh, our child, Wilhelmina, our little girl, she's six months old. Oh. Um, so this is uh, kind of a new thing. This uh, first year, we're <laughs> just kind of taking it week by week and project by project. Uh, my wife uh, works uh, a more normal hour job. So I've got uh, Willa from nine in the morning till four in the afternoon. Um, and then I get out and do my thing uh, when oh. Liz comes home. So a night run. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, yeah. Sort of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And then, uh, and then right now, uh, I'm in the middle of a project, um, called ultra training. Uh, and this is something that I started, uh, six days ago. I've, I've taken the train from Santa Fe, New Mexico here to San Francisco, uh, all on public transport, uh, stopped off at, uh, in Albuquerque in the Grand Canyon, ran down to the river and back. And then a couple days in LA did a short little, every single street project there, and then up to here um, for for this event uh, and and uh, I guess some drinking of some bourbon tonight. Uh, yeah, there yeah. will be. Uh, <laughs> so spill the beans on that. But yes, well, you can spill. I think that everybody's That's aware of the yeah. sneakies. He's That's a good transition. But yeah. So uh, you're here in San Francisco. Uh -huh. You're here for a project. You're here with yep. Solomon. Yep. And uh, they're launching. Why don't you talk to us a little bit? I'm going to hand you. Actually, I don't want to hand you Robbie's. Is this your shoe, Robbie? Uh, there's Megan's, I think. There's, Wait, no, I'm, there's I'm, no way I'm they're gnarlier than mine. <laughs> yeah. Okay, there we go. I think I you don't. can still drink a cocktail out of these. Yeah, for sure. We were having yeah. a conversation about that today. We're against the... Uh, the shoe-y trend. The, yeah. We think we're moving yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, they're shoes. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we'll get into both of them, but these are both a limited edition. Why don't you just tell us about the two brands that have come together here? Totally. So CLA and Solomon, uh, CLA makes these awesome hats. They're based out of Canada. Um, they just do really cool things. And then Solomon, who I've run for for the past uh, coming up on 15 years, uh, they made a baby. And this is that baby. Uh, this one and the one that's on my feet that right over there. So that's uh, the for those phantasm. listening, it's the Phantasm and the uh, Pulsar Trail Pro. Totally. Um, and so we got the road shoe and the trail shoe. Um, Most notably knobs. 
Yeah. <laughs> and they're just, uh, they're super fun. Uh, like I've, I was lucky to get a, a true, uh, a shoe a week ahead of time and I've been wearing it on the train and I've been wearing it through LA and, and some interesting places. Yeah. And the idea uh, of stopping people, on the train and running is pretty cool. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and people love them. I love them. They're yeah. super comfortable. You notice they're kind of like a, it's like a techno animal, futuristic animal prints. Totally. Yeah. yeah. You got like yeah. cheetah, tiger stripes, jungle. Yeah. The one you're holding right now has the ego foam on top and in the center it has a TPU plate. And then, uh, I'm going to have Mike, I, I, I know I want to say it, but just show it out to us. Bottom foam. Energy cell, Energy cell which you're going to find in which you uh, speed, cross. speed cross and stuff like that. So you get a firmer foam on the bottom with a plate and a nice soft foam for you to land your foot on has a nice responsive ride. We took it out over the Golden Gate Bridge today, the road version. Cool. The, so the Cheetah yeah. and the Phantasm. And uh, we haven't worn this one yet. Have you worn this one yet? Uh, not yet. I put a, laced it up just to see how it feels okay. in, at home. So that's not an official review right there. Uh, <laughs> but I'm looking forward to it. I think I'm going to get out on the trails this weekend. Yeah. And so there's an event tonight where we're kind of like just celebrating the launch of this partnership. And uh, it's going to involve bourbon, which is kind of strange because we're doing it the night before yeah, the run. dangerous. <laughs> yeah, we're just stepping in dangerous waters here, yeah. having a speakeasy event the night before a run. Yeah. Like that we're supposed to show up to. <laughs> yeah. They, they, we'll they, see. They, yeah. They know how to get rid of a hangover the quickest possible way is <laughs> yeah. going out for, uh, yeah. immediately in the morning. Those toxins. So Ricky, I'm guessing that you do enjoy a beverage then if you're coming to the speakeasy event. I do from time to time. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Is, is there something that's your favorite? Like after uh, a run, like, this will after a run a light beer um bourbon and branch i'm gonna i'll get an old-fashioned tonight oh yeah that sounds good um, yeah can't yeah. go wrong there. a little bit of sugar yeah, yeah. get going <laughs> yeah citrus all right so in your relationship with you with solomon you said it's been 15 years right coming up on 15 wow. years yeah. and mm. so mostly that's going to be in trail shoes i'm guessing mostly trail Yep. Mm -hmm. yeah. So when you did the uh, San Francisco project and you ran every city, what shoe were you wearing? I wore the Predict. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Well, the Predict was an interesting shoe uh, that kind of has the segments, almost like bulbs in it, like mm -hmm. totally things yeah. like that. Did you find that you were uh, your feet felt comfortable and it was good for you for the whole time? Yeah. I mean, as as best as uh, one can do with doing fifty k a day for <laughs> for uh, six weeks straight. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The downhills here. I think the uphills are hard. But the downhills, I, I think, got to hurt a little bit. Yeah, just tuck and roll. Is that it? <laughs> yeah. You just, you every single street, not run every yeah. single street. Yeah. You can roll Terrible every single street. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what, uh, have you run in the Pulsar Trail Pro yet, did you say? Uh, or just on this, in yeah, this on last the train, week? Yeah. yeah, have you run in the Trail yeah. Pro? Yep, I ran to the bottom of the Grand Canyon. Okay, cool. Uh, just a couple days ago, and they, they were great. Um, the mule trains down there just uh, um, cleared to the side of the trail for me uh, nice. when, you, when you come up with these. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they were amazing. Super comfortable, super responsive. Um, and uh, yeah. And what's crazy is that the this is a new trail shoe from Solomon, the Pulsar Trail Pro, but the CLE version, this collab version that we're talking about right now, this is out before the actual Trail Pro. Is that correct? That's yeah. what's going on with so, Embark. Like, what is that? Is that just like 
Supply, supply chain, chain issues. Everybody's <laughs> having every brand. It's like a happy accident because you end up getting the cool collab version before the uh, totally yeah, before the I, normal I would standard. These if you can. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think CLA would be really psyched about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. CLA's getting a great part of the deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah so the the toe caps on the shoe are, are mismatched. There's a pink, and then there's like a tangerine yep. uh, toe cap. Did you have a preference? Like it's Twix bar <laughs> left and right. Um, I like. I, I'm a fan of the tangerine, but I do love uh, a little hot pink. Totally, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm one to to go weird. So yeah, you, it's never been weird. As Hunter Thompson said, it never got weird enough for me. So. <laughs> awesome. Like have, did you have you gotten any of the Solomon athletes to take on some of these challenges with you or do any of these runs with you? Yeah, I do believe our friend Mike Ambrose over here. Uh, did every single street of Latour. Latour. How oh. many, how many miles was that? Uh, 1.2 miles. 1.2 miles. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> every single street Latour, France. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's 1.2 miles. Yeah. It's a time town. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite, no, quite the a, effort. Totally. Is this a school for ants? <laughs> yeah. Um, but there has been, uh, some other teammates that have taken on the project and, uh, yeah. When I, whenever I can get my teammates to join me, whether it's for this project or um, I guide a lot of running trips throughout the uh, the summertime, hut trips in Colorado called Hut Run Hut. Or I've heard this, Hut uh, Run Hut. Yeah, or this yeah. bus trip that I have up in Alaska this coming summer called Bus Run Bus. Whenever mm. I can get my uh, teammates to join me, I'm super psyched about it. How's the bus run bus thing work? The bus moves. The bu yeah, <laughs> the bus the bus trip is uh, kind of my version of uh, you know Ken Kesey's uh, <laughs> bus from the from the sixties, yeah. the, yeah. the further mobile, um, and it's a trip that I put together with a converted bus. I get thirty people on the bus, and we cover about a thousand miles driving and end up at some of the most beautiful trails mm. in all of Alaska and, and camp Robbie's going to leave. Um, I'm like, how do I leave my family for <laughs> and my job? For yeah. <laughs> well, it'd be part of your job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Reporting live from Alaska. That's totally. awesome. So basically I'm guessing that you have all your supplies on the bus, get out and you run the bus, meet you at the next stop. Totally. And it's either a point to point. The bus goes around, picks you up, uh, or it's a loop. And, so, uh, yeah, the, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of bougie, but the trans Rockies run, I don't, I don't know if you've ever done it. That, I have. I love, that's one of my favorite. Yep. Uh, cause you get, you do your run in the morning, your tent set up when you get totally. to the next spot, get there's the a beer truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hanging a shower, yeah. a shower truck. Totally. Yeah. You so did, you did trans Rockies? I did trans Rockies 12 years ago. My teammate was Anna Frost. We oh, had a great there. time. Okay. Wait, we were cool. there together. You had right. Anna, Frost, <laughs> yeah. Anna Frost won, didn't she? Um, that, we won the co-ed division. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a long time. Oh, that was, that's cool. that was yeah. when Gore-Tex was, uh, that was Gore-Tex. Yeah. 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 That was amazing. Yeah. It yeah. was fun. And so that was, <laughs> so I, Ricky I and that. I go way back. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, it was because of that race that I wanted to start organizing uh, similar sort of trips, but minus the, the competitive path. <laughs> okay. uh, mine, mine can be pretty bougie. Okay. Yeah, I'll, yeah, right. I'll, I'll call my, the, food, the food on Hut Run Hut is pretty amazing. Nice. Yeah. Um, and when so, I say bougie, it's yeah. it, it, what I mean by bougie is that it is you're well taken care of. Like yeah. I didn't feel like I was roughing it i mean you're totally. sleeping in a tent but there's yeah. porta potties totally there's a food yeah. tent that is staffed by like 
great cooks. Like the the second to last night, yep. Uh, where you have the you end up in Vail, Colorado, Robbie, and there's steaks on the grill, corn cob yeah. on the grill. Like the food is insane. So if yeah. yours are anything like that, yeah, we'll have to figure out how to how to get out. I do love yeah. how ultra running, even if you're doing an ultra race, it's like the food is basically more important than yeah than the like totally. it's so good every no matter you could do a small like fat ass race yeah. in your town and the food's gonna be insane yeah could, well, it could be a matter of perspective like after you run 20 miles <laughs> that's yeah, true yeah, a Snickers good. bar tastes pretty amazing it, that is but that true. was the amazing thing is that it, you think it, when you think about doing miles like that in the trans market what 120 yeah 120 miles. over seven days or six days six days yeah, yeah. and you think, oh, I'm going to be running a lot. Yeah. You're running for a couple hours in the yeah. morning, mm-hmm. and then you're at a camp. Yeah. There's a fire going, yeah. and like you said, drinking Michelobes in yeah. the middle of the Rockies. It's- Listening to Gordy Ainsley talk about Gordy Ainsley. <laughs> <laughs> I think Trans Rockies needs to like sponsor this episode, co-sponsor or something. Uh, they're yeah. good people. We really pitched they're it. Good people. <laughs> All right, last check-in. You're focused on finishing this run probably (laughs) and maybe getting through this podcast. Either way, one of the things to do is practice your focus, especially if you're getting nervous for a workout or a long run and anxiety is coming up. Switch your focus off of whatever you're thinking about and move it towards something else. So if you're worried about pace or you're worried about performance, maybe just think about temperature outside, the feel of the air, whatever, your feet hitting the ground instead of panicking over what those paces have to be. If you're doing the workout and you know you perform better when you are concerned with your pace and speed, try focusing on that. Anyway, hope you're having a great run. We'll see you next week. I did want to ask a question. Since we're here in San Francisco, uh, growing up, I was like a huge fan of like beat writers, Jack Kerouac on the road was like a very important part of, uh, my perspective. And I was here in San Francisco, stopped at city lights bookstore. Do you have any books or anything like that that inspired you to, to do this kind of like lifestyle that you're doing right now? Um, I was also, yeah, pretty inspired. I loved on the road. Um, I loved a lot of travel books. Um, and then, uh, kind of, along those lines i grew up in aspen colorado and, okay uh, one of our, our more well-known notorious residents was hunter thompson for quite a while sure <laughs> um who pioneered the uh the uh, gonzo journalism yeah um and 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 i'm i'm a writer as well writer and photographer and and i it helped kind of uh move me along down that road and like, how can I have an experience and also tell a story about it? Yeah. Um, so, so a lot of his. I feel like if you're looking for a best friend, you may have just found one. <laughs> yeah. So like, uh, Hell's Angels like, is yes. one of his books uh, that I was just fascinating to me. It's he. Yeah. More or less joined the uh, the Hell's Angels for uh, a year until they got sick of him and and beat the crap out of him and kicked him <laughs> out. Uh, and then he wrote a book about it. Yeah. So. Quite the uh, ex- experience, uh, yeah. immersive journalism, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's cool. Uh, are you? Do you have any books right now that you're reading that uh, you're, you're into? I'm reading a book called Braiding Sweetgrass, uh, which is really interesting. It's about uh, um, kind of Native American wisdom cool. and um, 
how we can have a better relationship with our environment. Nice. Uh, Very cool. Told through a lot of uh, kind of short stories, anecdotes. Cool. Yep. Okay. I'm also surprised, Robbie. Robbie's a music lover. I hate music and books. Yeah, I'm just, that's my thing. Um, As no. he's wearing a David Bowie shirt right now. Yeah. Um, no, uh, when you're traveling across country or running every street, are you listening to music or podcasts or anything? Um, not very much. There's, there's been times when I have listened to, to podcasts or music um, when I've been running. When I ran across the country, literally there was like six songs that I was listening to oh. almost nonstop. Well, where were they? Uh, let's see. One Tell of me them, it's Kelly Clarkson. Uh, <laughs> walk. Yeah. One of the, there was a Neil Young song, um, uh, un, un, unsung, unsung Hero. I know that's wrong, but, uh, <laughs> and then there was a Tom Petty song, and then there was a couple others. Um, uh, Unknown legend, yeah. yeah, so good. Yeah, there's a line in there uh, uh, about this woman riding a motorcycle uh, across the desert. And when I got to the desert and I saw a woman riding her motorcycle, that like the the song was done for me. Like, all right, check done. Got to find <laughs> oh, wow. a new song. Someone just covered that recently. I know. Uh, yeah. I forget who it was. That's like, cla- so you have like a classic Americana playlist going on. Like I would say so, <laughs> yeah. And then here in San Francisco, I didn't listen to any music or listen to any podcasts, uh, part for safety's sake. Mm. Um, but in part, yeah, I just wanted to, to be 100% present in the environment that I was mm. in. Um, and now I don't listen to music all that much because I've got a dog and being out on the trails, like it's really important for me to, to be listening to, to where my dog is yeah. and, and, it, and it feels like, uh, yeah, just the, uh, the presence of another being out there. I wouldn't be listening to music <laughs> if it was a friend, a running friend, right. and this is a running friend. And I so, like it. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't strap a speaker onto him or anything? No. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, this. I mean. I think we've learned a ton here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to have some cocktails tonight, celebrate the shoe launch. Yeah. And it's really like, uh, I don't know, it's humbling to hear some of the things that you've done and what you've accomplished and just the mindset it, that it takes and the discipline and also the love of what you're doing. So it's, it's definitely, it gets you feeling like you should do something, doesn't yeah, it, Robbie? Like, this is playing some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. And it's it really cool. Yeah, like same thing that Tom said, just getting to hear the stories behind the stories. So um, anyways, anything else, Thomas? Uh, I just want to get some drink on. Yeah, I think we're just yeah. we're going to end this now so we can, yeah. we can get to that. Awesome. All right, thank you so much. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank Solomon for putting us together. Uh, uh, this is our second Solomon interview. We got to talk to Mike Ambrose and Courtney DeWalter when we were in Colorado about a year ago. Yep. So um, I guess... Every year we should get together yeah, and uh, line it up get, again, get a legend with us <laughs> and uh, get to talk to him. So this was great. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Man. Thank you guys. Appreciate it. All right. Great. All right. So that was awesome. Megan, was there anything that surprised you about the interview? Um, I don't think so. I had watched a couple of Ricky's videos beforehand, so I was I started I sort of already knew him a little bit. Um, but yeah, he's just a, a super super nice guy. Yeah, I always love going into the mental stuff, so mm-hmm. it was fun to kind of see. And you know, even Robbie caught on to it when he did his wrap up email last last week when he he kind of covered some of it. But the 
idea of what you get out of running and how, how many different ways you can participate in this sport. And it doesn't always have to be chasing the fastest mile or chasing, you know, a Boston qualifier or running races at all. Sometimes it can just be your intimate relationship with the feeling it is to be out there in the environment running and you know, not having a, a goal necessarily, except for maybe getting to some place. And it kind of like made me remember that, that there's just some joy in running that has nothing to do with, you know, all the little, the Stravas, the, the data. Yeah. The data, you know, like he's just out there trying to meet people, see what the country's like as he crosses. Yeah. Like it was a, it was a good reminder of what running is. And the whole weekend for me was a reminder, like connecting with people, you know, we're there at runner's mind for the group run. We're there at speakeasy. It's people that we share a passion with and we get a chance to meet them, talk to them, really enjoy the, what I would call the benefits of the sport. And it, it's just fun. Like when you're moving with people and you get a talk and you're running through eucalyptus trees, it just like clears your mind of all the BS and gets you right down to it. I also realize that all the parties we go to are with runners or for runners. And I don't think I know how to talk to other people anymore. I don't. <laughs> yeah. My, so just... my social sphere is just, is just runners at this point. Yeah. Like if I go to a party and it's like normal people, like people who don't, you know, want to talk about shoes or mileage or what they're doing. You're lost. I literally have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I'll go up to people and I'll be like, what's your mile? Oh, wait, you're not a runner. <laughs> this doesn't what work. What are you doing this weekend? How many miles you run? Yeah. yeah. How, what are you preparing for the long run? No, you're you're not going for a long run? Okay. <laughs> and I know that I would be boring to talk to, but like when I hear people at a barbecue and they're talking about the stock market or... Uh, what's going on in Orioles, the Orioles or like our baseball team or the football team. I'm just like, uh, I, I can't even, yeah. I was at, I was at trivia yesterday and just like the, the random knowledge that everyone else knew at the table, except for me, like I knew nothing and they knew everything. And I was just like, Hmm, well, if there was a running category, that's the <laughs> only place I can help you guys. <laughs> everything else say, is lost. Trivia. I'm actually, we are pretty good. We watch Jeopardy a lot. So, yeah. mm. and I don't know where Nerd the alert. information comes from, but somehow there's little nuggets in my head for uh, a, a wide variety of, of trivia. All right. Well, that wraps up the podcast this week. Yeah. And normally I say thank you. And last week I said thank you to Brandon for, mm-hmm. for uh, producing it. And guess what, Brandon? You're here right now, so I get to say it to your face. Oh, man. Thanks for editing this up and getting it ready for it. Blip, blip. See, See? This is one of those editing. things you have to It's going to be weird. I'm going to have to edit my own voice. It's yeah. going to be something. Yeah. And uh, you make sure the level's right. <laughs> I'll, I'll work on that, fellas. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. But no, I we appreciate everything you do. And it's awesome to have you as part of the team because even putting together the videos for this weekend and the photography and all that stuff. A lot of what you're seeing uh, on our channel is going through Brandon and he does an amazing job. So thanks, Brandon. Well, you know, I'm always, I'm here all week. So (laughs) whatever you need. Yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Thanks to all the listeners as always. And hi, mom.